0: It is uh, exciting to um, be a part of this church. You know, this is a church that we, d- we don't w- just want to, like, hear God's word. We want to do God's word. And that's what, um, it's actually, we're shortening it to be the church. It's just simpler than don't just go to church, be the church. Or DJ BTC. <laughs> I don't even know how many letters are there. It's just not very catchy. So um, two weeks, that's when that's going on. Nine o'clock, we're going to meet here and we're not gonna sing any songs, I'm not gonna preach any messages, we're gonna immediately get our assignments and then head out, we'll have a lunch that starts at 11, ends at one, and so as you wrap up your project anytime between 11 or 12.30, wrap it up and come back and we can just celebrate what God's done. We still need a lot more projects. Um, so if you know of, of someone with the need of, You know, something at the Harford Fair that needs to be done. I don't know what, whatever it might be. Let us know so that we can mobilize people and and plan on being here. We usually have about, you know, a little bit more than half of the normal people that come on that Sunday. And I think that's just fear. I don't think that's because most of us don't want to serve. There's stuff to do just here, sitting here, writing and, and doing some other things that if you're not very mobile and you don't want to carry 200-pound slabs of, you know, stone or something like that, you know, there, there are things for you to do as well. So, um, and, and that's what the book of Nehemiah, we're going through this series of, of uh, how to bring about a spiritual awakening, a movement of God in a nation. How do you bring it about in a community? And and the first thing we saw in Nehemiah chapter 8 was that they didn't just listen to God's word. They understood it. They helped explain it. And then they immediately went out and did it. And And so we want to do that. Not just be people who talk a great game. Uh, but to get out into the game, and so we're going to do that two weeks from today. We should be doing that all the time, um, but but that's what that's about. And and we want to see God change lives. So earlier, if you watch the feed, I love that little clip of Joel and and Dallas just about up from Bee Kids, every Sunday there is a little video they've put together for, for kids to watch online. So maybe after you come, maybe during the week you can go there, here's where you find it. This is our website, what it looks like, and then you click on the bottom right corner, it says kids, you can't read it because it's too small. But um, And then it get here and this top thing says watch Bee Kids online, and then boom, you have all these different episodes. And that one is where, again, they try to apply God's word practically. Let's talk about trust. And can you trust Joel? No. Okay. Can you trust God? Yes. And then, and then it just leads in and it's a great Bible lesson and it's done by like real people that we actually know that are in our church. So it's just really cool. And so that was the first thing. Understand God's word and put it into practice. And then last week we saw that the next thing they did was they prayed and they prayed for three hours every day for this week long festival. And so that's why today is our day of prayer. And so I was here, um, there was, I prayed with about uh, three other people um, between midnight and 1.30 in the morning as we kicked things off this morning. As I left, the guy I left who was praying, I said, you're crazy, what are you doing here? <laughs> 10 minutes after one, you know. It's, you know. And so I just, I just love the fact that we have crazy people in our church who, who, who want to obey God even if it's difficult. And now you don't have to pick a difficult time, you know. Uh, you can just, just before you leave, okay, you can go at 1045, the prayer room briefly, about 1030, the prayer room briefly moves down here into the Woodlands room, um, but for, for about an hour and a half because of our Financial Peace University class. But other than that, all day, the cafe room Uh, is, is open for prayer. There's little booklets with ideas of things to pray about from government to our ministries and staff to our missionaries that we support like Food for the Hungry and I just want to encourage you to do that because God is not going to change our community. God is not going to change our nation. Three out of four Americans believe that our nation is getting worse and worse and worse morally majority of Republicans, majority of Democrats, we all see what's going on, and it is never gonna change unless we get serious about obeying God's word and about getting on our knees and asking God to change people. And so I wanna, anyone here who's, if you're not following Christ, we're just glad you're here. Just, you know, observe and and evaluate and and consider. Um, But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you don't go into that prayer room, I'm going to, if you're a guy, I'm revoking your man card, okay? <laughs> like, if you're a woman, I guess I can revoke your woman card. I'm not sure what that means, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, you need to go and just pray after the service, and maybe it's confusing because it's moving or whatever, you know, just, just do it. Come back later. Um, bring a bunch of people with you, and, and, and just just pray. If you're good at praying, you need to be in there because the best way to learn how to pray is to listen to other people pray, not listen to someone talk about prayer, okay? And if you're bad at praying, you need to be in there because the best way to learn how to pray is to listen to other people praying and, and not just to listen to a sermon about prayer. So chapter eight, God's word, putting it into practice. Chapter nine, they, 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 they pray the entire chapter almost is, is a prayer. And then now we get to the end of chapter nine into chapter 10. This is... More than those first two things, I think, even. This is where followers of Jesus Christ definitely fight this third step. They say, oh, yeah, reading God's word, that's good. Oh, yeah, we should pray more, that's great. But, but then we get to this, and they're like, whoa, now you're meddling. All right, let's argue this one. Let's not do this, but there has never been a spiritual awakening in any nation or in any community without this third step that we're talking about happening. And so this is is where it starts, Nehemiah 9.38, and then it's the last verse in chapter nine, and then we'll go into chapter 10. In view of all this, we're making a binding agreement and putting it in writing, and our leaders, our Levites, and also our priests are affixing their seals to it. And so what they're saying is they're saying, think they're talking to each other. <laughs> like, I'm upset. No, I'm more upset than you are. Anyway, so, um, but anyway, they're making a, you know what, someone mentioned this two weeks ago. They came and they said, they said, we just love the fact that you have so many kids here. And isn't that, isn't that awesome that we have a church full, <laughs> full of babies and children, and, and my response was, oh, you think we got a lot of kids? you should see Halstead. <laughs> Seriously, more than one out of every four attenders in Halstead is under the age of 12. And so they have about 370, 70, 80 people that come every Sunday, and it, it is awesome um, just to see God working you know, in young families and in kids' lives, and, and so, so this is what they're saying. They're basically saying we, we wanna make a commitment to a community. Um, Here's a a way to summarize it. They are promising to hold each other accountable to obey God. They said, we are going to sign that we are going to obey God in certain specific ways. And we're going to, they didn't have signatures back then, but they had their like signet rings and seals and things like that. And they said, we're going to put our seals to it. And they called down, they said, if we disobey, if we don't follow through with this, may we be cursed you know, And, and we're going to hold each other accountable. And What did they hold each other accountable to do? Um, that's in the next couple verses. This is one of the things. The re- and, and First, before we get to, this is who is signing. Who is signing this? The rest of the people. Um, so, so the nobles and Nehemiah the governor and the important kind of big shots, they all said, we're going to do this. And then it says the rest of the people, priests, Levites, gatekeepers, musicians, temple servants, and all who separated themselves from the neighboring peoples for the sake of the law of God, together with their wives and all their sons and daughters who were able to understand. This is pretty much anybody who wanted to follow God. And again, the law of God means um, the book of Deuteronomy, probably in this case, or more broadly, Genesis through Deuteronomy, it used to all be one book. And so that, that's what they're saying. We're going to obey what God's word the Bible that they had at that time says. And all these now join their fellow Israelites, the nobles, and bind themselves with a the curse and an oath to follow the law of God given through Moses, the servant of God, and to obey carefully all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our Lord. And again, they're talking about you know, the, the law that was given through Moses. Okay, it was given through Moses 950, almost 1,000 years previous. Okay, so Moses is like ancient history to them, just like this is ancient history to us. And, and they said, but it's still relevant for us today, and we're still going to commit to obey it. And so they, they committed, this was the general thing. We said, generally, we're just gonna obey all of, the, all of the Bible. But then they specifically lined out three things. Number one, we're not gonna marry people who aren't following God. Um, we promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or to take their daughters for our sons. Marriages were arranged by parents back then. I know that's not how we do it now. And so this was a parental decision to obey God. Today, it's the same thing. This command is repeated in the New Testament, Second Corinthians 6 says, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. It's the picture of what happens if you take a bull and a horse and you yoke them together and try to plow a field. You hurt the bull and you hurt the horse and you don't get a lot of work done. And what happens when you take a believer who wants to follow God and gets married or engaged or is dating an unbeliever who doesn't want to follow God? You get this friction and fighting and you might say, well, it hasn't been any problem at all. Well, that's either because you're not really wanting to follow God (laughs) Or somehow this other person really is wanting to follow God, even though, you know, but there, there's, and so the Bible says, and even more clearly, in 1 Corinthians 7, it says, if you're a widow and your husband dies, you can remarry, but it has to be a believer. And this is, this is true of men, this is true of women. Uh, they're interchangeable in that chapter, going back and forth, all this is about every, So, So their problem back then is a problem today, too, that we have. And they were saying, we are going to make a commitment. We are not going to marry people who aren't following God. And then number two, we're going to obey the Sabbath rest. When the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any holy day. Every seventh year, we will forgive, forego working the land, and we'll cancel all debts. I don't know if you knew that, but every seven years, according to God's word, you're supposed to forgive everyone who owes you money. Now, that is not how our financial system works today, is it? <laughs> you know, and he actually even warns them. He says, and so if it's like six months before the year of forgiveness, don't harden your heart and not loans to someone because you know you're, that you're not going to get any money back. You need to be generous to the poor. And so, um, so this, is, this is the second thing. Obey the Sabbath rest. And, and a lot of it is time management. You have to work really hard on six days to be able to not work on one day. And a lot of people misunderstand the Sabbath. First of all, it's Saturday is the Sabbath. And, and it is not a day for you to sit in the recliner all day or sit in your rocking chair out back, you know, and just watch the birds at the bird feeder. You know, it, it is a day to spend time with God's people and with God. So it's a day to have people over. It's a day to just enjoy um, the, 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 the people God has put in your life. And um, that's a powerful and important thing. Obey the Sabbath rest. And then the third thing they committed to do is give money to support the temple priests and sacrifices. And um, uh, now you're like, ah, yeah, we knew it was about money. Actually, so this is one verse. There's actually one verse about each of the other two things. There's one verse for Sabbath rest. There's one verse about the marriage. There are six verses about money. And it was giving 10% of everything. It was, there was a special... Um, silver coin they were to give every time they had a firstborn son. There was wood that they needed to provide for the temple priests. There was a, a three and a ten thir- percent every three years you're supposed to give on top of the other ten percent to give to the poor who lived around you. And so this is just one of those six verses. We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of our God. There's all sorts of other financial commitments that they made. And so here here's the thing about those three things. Those are not the most important commands in the law of God, those three. And so I wondered, why did they pick those three? Because one of the most more important ones than these would be, don't kill somebody, right? Like if everybody started killing somebody, I mean, that would definitely be worse than if they didn't give to the temple or if they didn't keep the Sabbath rest, Right? So, so it's not a list of the most important things. What is it a list of then? It's a list of the things they struggled with the most. In fact, if you read Nehemiah chapter 13, you keep reading the book, you, Nehemiah goes back to his normal job with the king back in Iraq or the Persian Empire, and then he comes back years later and guess what three things and three ways that Israel is not obeying God these very three things. Every single one of them, m- many Israelites just went back to the old way of doing things. So they picked these three because these three were what they struggled with. So here's kind of the principle we need to recognize. We need accountability in an areas we don't want accountability. So if, you were to, if I were to say, why don't you hold me accountable for reading my Bible every morning? That would be easy because I don't have a problem with that. That's something I do faithfully. It's easy for me. But if I were to tell you, hold me accountable for how I reach out to my neighbors and try to build relationships with them and talk to them about Jesus, that would be sticky because I struggle to do that. Or if you were to hold me accountable about exercise, okay, now you're meddling, all right? (laughs) Back off, all right? You know, because these are things I don't do. I struggle to do. And and that's the areas we need accountability. So we talk together. One of the great things about the Bridgewater system that we have is that we have 10 to 12 pastors that meet together every week. And about a month in advance, we talk about the sermon. And as we were talking about uh, Nehemiah chapter 10, uh, Pastor Brett asked this question. He said, those were the three areas that they struggled with the most then. What are the three areas we struggle with the most today? And so then we were were just... uh, talking about that. Maybe that's a good question to talk about. On your ride home, what are the three areas in my life, in your life, that, that I struggle with the most that, that you, you could help me? Or maybe you don't have a ride home, you're watching online, or you don't have anyone to ride with. Who, who's someone you can talk to? I reached out to a man this week and, and said, last week, said, I want to meet with you on this day, and I want you to... to Asked me about these couple things. I need someone who will hold my feet to the fire and someone I can talk to, and um, and we needed. So so we talked about what are the three areas, and the three areas that we came up with that I wrote down was number one sexual sin. Between pornography and people living together before they're married and people having affairs in marriage, and it is talk about an epidemic. Talk about a pandemic, sexual sin is a global pandemic of, of evil. And, and this is an area that we need. I have three, four different men that, that I hold accountable with and pray for and talk to, how are you doing in this area? You know, be, and, and it's interesting how their sin was also of a sexual nature, marrying foreigners Right? And back then, they'd marry all sorts of women. You know, they'd marry more than one, right? And God's like, no, 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 no. No, you, you need to have, in the sexual area, you need to be right with me. And then the second area we talked about was, was time management. We spend so much time on things that don't really matter. You know, and we say we don't have time for this and that, and we we put children's athletics ahead of their spiritual lives and then we wonder why they don't want to have much to do with God, right? And then we watch, you know, the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning maybe is you, you look at your social media or your Facebook or something and, and, and you wonder why you care more about what other people think than what about God thinks. Because the first thing you do in the morning is what, what are people doing, what are people thinking, what are others, whatever, and, and we, need to, we need to have time management. And that Sabbath rest was about time management. What is important? we need to focus at least one day a week on what's important. And on God and on healthy relationships with other people. And then, and then the third thing we talked about was, was money. In fact, I'm, I'm really glad uh, we have three financial peace classes going on right now. One is starting at 1045. It's going to be in that room. If you want to join that, join that in the cafe room afterward. Um, there's also going to be one at 4 o'clock at the old church building, 107 Church Street in town. Come in the Spruce Street uh, entrance. And this is the last week to jump in with that. But we're we're just talking about, we're not really talking about giving so much. We're just talking about let's get a handle on our money and, and so that we can, can, can not be controlled by debt and by other people and by buying things we don't want for, with money we don't have to impress people we don't like, right? It's the American way. And it's not a good way. It's not healthy. And, and so just, just, just money and financially. I tell you, if you don't give money away every time you get money, you are missing out. It is better to give than to receive. Jesus said that, He wasn't lying, He wasn't exaggerating. It is a blast. And, and talk to people after people. there's people nodding their heads, uh, you know, all over the auditorium, they're like, "Yes. And when you trust God in that way, but we need and that's another one where, no, you're not touching my money, you're not talking to me about my money. We need accountability in the areas. Yes. We don't want accountability. What area would be the most distasteful to you to be accountable? That's probably the one you need to talk to somebody about. And again, we're not gonna stand up in front of 200 people and talk about stuff. This is, this is, this is someone you trust, another believer who, who, who loves the Lord, and to come alongside of them and say, hey, I need you to help me out with something. I need you to ask me these questions. Um, so here's something that I found. I love history. I love, I love the fact that this church is old is cool to me. So this church, for those of you who don't know, is 214 years old. Um, so when this church started in, in uh, 1808, I think it was also the birthday of Charles Darwin and Abraham Lincoln were born the day that this church started. I could be wrong about that. I should have looked it up. The farthest western state in 1808 was Tennessee. So when this church started and someone said, I'm going out west to the wild frontier, they were talking about Ohio (laughs) or Tennessee or West Virginia, you know, way west. Um, So it's just, so over those years, there's something, and this is from more recent, pulled this out, 1952, there's a group, that this bunch of people in this church made an oath just like they did back in Nehemiah's time. Maybe they were reading Nehemiah 10, and they said, we need to do that. And so they made a binding oath and said, we want to be accountable to do these things. And I give you permission to confront me, and you're giving me permission to confront you on five things. They should have boiled it down to three, but they didn't. Here's the five things that they wrote down. I have a document, 1952, that has these things on it. The one is, I will endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace within, with the others in the church. I wouldn't have picked this one. I think that's because, though, uh, there's been tremendous unity in our church for a number of years now. So it doesn't pop up into my head. It's the most important thing. But at that time, and if you've been in churches, you know that people fight. If you've not been in churches, you know that people fight, okay? If you're in a workplace, if you're in a school, if you're in a, a you know, a volunteer organization. I mean, I, I grew up in church, so I thought, man, churches, people are mean. And then I got into the real world, and I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> it's the minor leagues in churches, at least the ones I've been blessed with but to be in. But I'll endeavor. So they're saying, basically, we, we want to work hard and at not attacking each other. But I'm building each other up and encouraging each other and that that there would be unity. Um, And then the second thing was I'll make it a practice to pray for the church. Does that sound like a good idea to make an oath to commit to pray for? Yeah, and, and it's the, if you notice, it's a capital C. That means not this church, the universal church. You know, Jake Boner and those who are working in Ethiopia right now, and and the food for the hungry staff in Guatemala and and, and all over the world, friends that you might have, you know, in the, in the dark continent of, of, you know, Oregon, uh, wherever, but um, I'm just trying to think of what state to pick on. Um, third thing, they said, I will live before the world in such a way that the name of my Lord and the church will not be brought into disrepute. That's a big, long, wordy, old way of saying, I'm gonna just do what God says. And again, they, a bunch of these people, they got together and they said, we swear we are making an oath and a promise to do these things. And then number four, I'll give to support of the church in proportion as the Lord prospers me. They're like, ah, there you go, money. Yeah, um, it's an important area. I think, I think how you spend your money, if you were to show me your, your checkbook and where it all goes, you're showing me your priorities, I'd know exactly what kind of person you are. Um, not completely, but, but a great deal of it. And then number five, I will attend the services as often as God permits, absenting myself only when I can do so in good conscience towards him. And and here's why this, I think this is why they thought this was important back in the 1950s is because you can't hold someone accountable unless you hold them close. To say, you know, we're gonna hold each other accountable, see you in a year. (laughs) Or see you when I just happen to walk through uh, you know, price chopper and, and see you in an aisle and then, and then we'll have a chat or you know, it was really cool the other day, uh, Friday we were setting up um, f- for something here at church and, and uh, wanted to stop by the well on my way in, forgot so I said to Becky on the way home hey, can we stop and get some water at the well it's like 9 o'clock, it should be pretty empty nobody should be there, it's almost dark nobody was there, five minutes after we got there there was a couple who were there who I hadn't met him, anyway. Invited him to church. She had come. Invited him to the financial peace. It, it was just of the Lord that God put me there at the very time that they would be there. It was almost like you know Jesus and the woman at the well, only nobody got saved, and and I didn't do any miracles. But um, but other than that, it was just like it. Um, and Jesus, I wasn't Jesus, but um, but anyway, you can't. You can't depend on chance encounters like that. Really, you need to have a structure. And, and if some of you haven't figured this out already, uh, what I'm talking about, that these people sign a line. Actually, how many of you would sign and make an oath to do those, those five things? Raise your hand. If, if you don't want to raise your hand in church, go like this. <laughs> nobody else can see you. and Nobody will accuse you of being charismatic. You know, um, If you think that's a great idea to do, you you know what this is? I've kind of snuck it in backwards. This is church membership. That's all church membership is. So many people think church membership is you get the keys to the country club. Guess what? There's no country club. (laughs) And the the key's outside the door, and I've given the combination to like 3,000 people. You know. um, And they've all been trustworthy with it. So... uh, You know, membership isn't this elite group of people that have some, you know, somehow, I don't know. All membership is, all church membership is, is saying, you know what? I want to follow God. And and the Bible says, if you want to follow God, you cannot do it alone. You will fail miserably if you try to follow God alone. In fact, there's so many, there's 32 commands in the New Testament, one another. You, you know what it takes to do a, a one another command? One another, other people, right? And, and, and some of you say, well, I just, I just don't like organized church. You know what's worse than organized church? Disorganized church, yeah, unorganized church. You wanna see a mess. People just spouting off and saying whatever they want and doing whatever they want and, and everyone doing what's right in their own eyes. And, and you know what? As a church, we don't build churches. And I say that after we've started four different campuses and online would make a fifth. And, but we don't, we don't start church. What, what, what our goal is, we want to build people. And that's the whole goal, to build people. Do you want to build people? Do you want to grow yourself in your spiritual life and help others in their own? Then do what they did in Nehemiah chapter 10. And people say, well, church membership, the word membership isn't in the Bible. No, it's not, but partnership is. Maybe we should start calling it partnership. You know what else is not in the Bible? The word trinity. Does that mean there's no such thing? Jesus, the Son, God, the Father, God, the Holy Spirit. The Bible is very clear that there are three in one. We just made up a special word for that. And that's what membership is, is a made up special word. But call it partnership, Philippians Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, I thank my God every time I remember you and all your prayers for all of you, all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the faith from the first day until now. They partnered with Paul. They financially supported him. They prayed for him. They would have held him accountable. He held them accountable. And, and they, they had this, that's membership. Membership. They made a commitment to each other. You don't need to become a member of Bridgewater. You need to become a member of a local church. In fact, we have people watching online from other places. And unless you're driving a truck and you're in a different place every day, or, or like me a couple weeks ago, I was coming home on vacation. We, we watched online in, in Ohio. Actually, I listened online. Everyone else in the car watched. I was driving. So... Uh, um, but, but if, 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 you're, if, you, if you're here and you're a guest and you're from out of town, you need to find a local church that you make a commitment to. It would be a group of un- imperfect people. It should be perfect. You'd fit right in with them as an imperfect person. Is it risky? Yes. Could you get your feelings hurt? Yes. Did Jesus get his feelings hurt? Oh, yeah. Betrayed? abandoned. Does that mean we shouldn't follow Jesus because Jesus' way is dumb? No, because there is a joy. There is a joy. Everything is better with others, just about everything. All right, I can think of a few things that are not better with others, but won't go there. Almost everything is better with others. Eating is better with others. Playing is better with others. Sports are better with others. Following Jesus is better. It's just more fun there is a joy. There is a fulfillment there. And uh, we actually, if you join our church, we add this sixth one um, as well. I will serve in the ministries of the church. It doesn't have to be an official church ministry. You can, serve, however, however you want to serve God, however God wants you to serve him, you can do that. And so if, if you want to, here's why you all got this card on the way in. Again, some of you, you're not sure you want to follow Jesus Christ yet. That's fine. This is not for you. Um, but others of you, you, are, you, you do want to follow God. Maybe you've never really understood this whole membership thing. You thought it was a way of people like me to control people like you, okay? It's not, not the way it is. And actually, just as much you control people like me. This is a congregational church, so we don't have uh, you know, some group of bishops or some synod somewhere that tell us what to do. Um, if you want to fire me, you fire me. Nobody up there fires me. I mean, God could fire me, not, not up there, but you know, there's not some, some human structure. Yeah, that's called death. <laughs> God, you're fired, yeah. Um, anyway, but if you wanna take this step, um, we're gonna do an extra discovery class next Sunday, and it's gonna meet uh, in that um, Woodlands Room right past the bathrooms at the end of the hall. Um, there's an option online if you're watching online, and you can check that out. Um, and this is also for baptism. So we're going to have a baptism second Sunday in August. And if, that, if you think that is your next step spiritually, to be baptized after accepting Jesus as your Savior, maybe you're baptized as a baby. That was your parents' decision. You want to make a decision to follow Jesus and be baptized the way he was. Um, that, that's the class for that as well, and you can sign up for that. So, so that card, just rip that, that part off. You know, and on the back, it says, uh, you can put your name on the one side, and it said, give, send me information about membership. If you want to be a member or a partnership or whatever you want to call it, that makes you sleep better at night, you know, uh, just, just check that box. We'd love to help you make that next step because really, our nation is not going to change if random people all on their own privately pray and obey God's word. There needs to be encouragement, and we need to, we need to have each other's back. We, we need to help each other. I tell you, we are marching against an army of Satan. And they are organized, and, and, they, and they have power, and they have influence, and they are great at communicating and you think we can combat that by being disorganized and, and random, and, and every man for himself, that's not gonna work. You should never storm the gates of hell alone. You, you do it with others, as a team, and I just wanna encourage you to invite our team. And if you don't wanna invite our team, I am not offended at all, but I'm telling you, you need to, you need to join somebody's team if you really wanna see God work and change this nation and our community. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for what you are doing in our hearts. God, I think of Team Leadership Camp this last week, sending 50 Bridgewater teens or 49, whatever it was, down and and hearing God's word taught for hours every day. Who would think that teenagers would sit to hear preaching for like five hours a day? And yet they were there and they loved it. And, And so many have come away with, with uh, just a renewal of their faith. Others are considering a renewal. God, just help them to cross that line, to step, take that step, Lord, and that, that we would do it together. Lord, give our teens other teenage friends that will encourage them to do the right thing. Help them to recognize the frenemies in their life that don't love you and don't really love them either. And, and God, just, just what you do in our teens' lives, do in our adults' lives here that, that we, would, we would link arms and, and God, that we would talk to people afterward and say, man, I'm gonna learn somebody's name. I'm gonna find someone at church after church today and, and talk to them and I'm gonna make a commitment to talk to them every week and build relationships so that we can storm the gates of hell together because maybe I don't think I need someone and that's arrogant and wrong, but definitely there are other people who need who need a friend who need an encourager, who needs someone who will be weird with them and follow you. We just ask that you'd help us to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.